internet, this is Charlie, one of your friends at Fangamer, running this podcast all by myself once again. Last time it was because I was out of the office on actual Labor Day. This time it's because I'm the only person in the office as the rest of Fangamer observes Labor Day. However, I'm going to be doing something a little different this episode, rather than just running through the Fangamer news as I usually do when I don't have guests to grill, I'm going to grill myself. I have this list of questions I tend to ask of my guests, and it's, you know, it's fun for me to hear their answers to this, these questions, but I don't think I've ever actually turned those questions on myself, which is good because I'm the host of this show, not the star, so it was never supposed to be about me. That said, I am an employee of Fangamer, so I suppose my credentials, as they are, ought to be scrutinized as much as everyone else's. So, here are the questions I usually ask people. One. What is your job here at Fangamer? Two, what is your history with Fangamer? Three, what are some projects you've worked on that people might be familiar with? Four, what are you working on right now? Five, what is your dream project? And six, are you playing any games right now? So, let's start from the beginning. Hmm, Charlie, what is your job here at Fangamer? Ah, good question, Charlie. I believe I actually did answer this question more or less uh, in an earlier episode, probably the first one, but in addition to being the host, writer, and editor of this podcast, I also pack and ship the vast majority of the store orders that include a poster. I'm also involved in some of the business development parts of the company, contract negotiations, sourcing supplies, and so on, as well as planning and running the occasional convention booth, usually MAGFest. I also sometimes manage Kickstarter and similar crowdfunding fulfillment projects. For instance, if you backed the Psychonauts 2 project on FIG and received a physical reward from that project, I'm the one who worked with Double Fine to plan, design, and produce those rewards, as well as managing the packing and shipping of those rewards, if not just doing it on myself. I am terrible at delegating, so I usually prefer to manage all aspects of the projects I'm working on when I'm able to do so. The upshot is that, as a result, I have a working understanding of nearly all operational aspects of the company, from negotiation and design to warehousing and fulfillment. So not only can I be thrown at pretty much any task, I can also consult on pretty much any problem. That said, the company has been specializing for a while now, and the need for generalists to be generalists is declining. So I'm increasingly needing to find actual projects for myself to do to kind of make myself work. Podcasting, for instance. Hmm. Okay, Charlie. What is your history with Fangamer? Oh man, are you prepared for a journey? Because I'm about to take you on a journey. I was born and raised in South Louisiana. And in fact, right up until I moved to Tucson, I had lived, learned, and worked along the same bayou. I grew up in a bayou-side home along Bayou Terrebonne, which was important since my dad's shrimping boat could dock at our house. My grade schools and the places where I worked were all either on the bayou or within easy walking distance. The university I attended was adjacent to Devil's Swamp, which in addition to having a really badass name, is Bayou Terrebonne's source. My hometown has a population of less than 2,000 people. A portion of that population makes up my tribe, the Ponashan Indians, which is a tribe of about 700 members. My father is the tribe chairman, and he actually remembers when the government decided to integrate the schools. 
He was attending an Indian school when it happened, and the local white population was very upset at the prospect of having to share their school with these native kids. I think my dad was actually a bit upset too, since that meant he would have to speak English more often. <clears throat> Without going into too much detail, suffice to say, race is an issue where I grew up. I didn't connect with any of the local communities very much as a kid. Instead, I mostly just played video games and eventually started spending time on the internet. I enjoyed the game Earthbound a lot, obviously. And I remember specifically just typing in websites one day looking for information. I tried earthbound.com, but that was just some kind of natural healing website or something. Then I tried earthbound.net, and it turned out to be exactly what I was looking for. A community of Earthbound fans, all writing stories and drawing fan art and making friends with each other. Shortly thereafter, the community moved to starmen.net, and I remained an active member for over a decade. My original username on the forums was Krillin since I was also a fan of Dragon Ball Z, and Krillin was my favorite character, of course. But eventually, I changed my name to The Lozar, and stuck with that name until I no longer had need for such things as usernames. I was fairly active on the site, I suppose, participating in site events like the fun fests, and writing interactive fiction stories. But mostly I just enjoyed feeling like part of a community outside of my hometown. Meanwhile, I worked my way through high school at a grocery store. Then I worked my way through college as first a computer technician, then as a GameStop employee, as well as a security guard. And eventually, I was a graphic designer at a print shop. At that time, Starman.net's server costs were mostly covered by donations. So, while I was working my way through college with two jobs, as a security guard and a GameStop employee, I decided to start giving back to my community, the one that helped me so much as I was growing up. So, I started sending monthly donations to the site. And it was around this time that I began regular correspondence with Reed Young. Some time later, as the idea of a new business was developing, Reed got in touch, asking if I would like to invest in his crazy idea. So, I scrounged some money together and sent it to this internet weirdo who I barely knew. And that's how I became one of the owners of this company, which we now know as Fangamer. At this time, I didn't have many aspirations, really. I just wanted to get through college, then maybe start saving up money to start a business of my own. I had some vague plans for, uh, like, a comic book store or something. But then, all of a sudden, I was attending monthly meetings with people all across the country and beyond, discussing plans for the future of a company that was growing out of my little online community. I pushed for the community to start attending conventions, and in fact, established our first connection with the Penny Arcade Expo. I purchased my own flight to Seattle, the very first time I purchased a flight for myself, to help with the company's PAX panel, and 
a few months later, I drove up from South Louisiana to Boston, Massachusetts to help run our very first PAX booth at the very first PAX East. I continued to handle my own travel expenses to attend PAX and help out, right up until Fangamer hired me full-time. In fact, just a few weeks before I moved to Tucson, I drove up to Washington, D.C. to scout out MAGFest as another convention to start exhibiting at. I printed our very first PAX graphics at the print shop where I was working at the time, and I continued to print our PAX graphics there until I left. I was involved with Fangamer's podcasts from pretty much the beginning as well. The first podcast began shortly after our PAX panel, and I contributed a weekly segment called Audio Candy, in which I would introduce and play some nerdy music for the audience. I was researching, writing, and recording those segments while still living in Louisiana, and, fun fact, I recorded those segments using a rock band microphone, since I did not have any other options at the time. Eventually, once I moved to Tucson, I became one of the regular podcast hosts, as well as an editor, until, eventually, the old podcast passed away. Rest in peace. In any case, yes. Eventually, Reed invited me out to tour the office and ask if I would like to work for the company full-time. The pay was low. The staff was slim. And all of the trails were thoroughly unblazed. I would be moving away from my family, my friends, as well as all the other comforts of home. I honestly couldn't believe my luck. And by that I mean I literally could not believe it. As I was driving home from Tucson to Louisiana after that tour, on a phone call to Reed, I asked if he was sure, and I had him get in touch with someone that I considered more qualified to make sure they weren't available. A short time later, that person called me and said, No, they're not available. The job is mine. Please stop worrying about it. And so, shortly afterward, I was living in Tucson. That was in the year 2012, about four years after I invested in this company, and about 12 years or so after I discovered an earthbound fan community on the internet. Then my actual employment with Fangamer began, but that is a whole different story. Oh, more my interviewer qu uh, voice and my uh, answer voice kind of became the same thing for a second. Oh, well. Um, <clears throat> Have you worked on any projects that people might be familiar with? Yeah, I'm not going to continue doing uh, the answer voice. I was just for the history. Uh, I think my first project with Fangamer was some writing I did for the Mother 3 handbook. In addition to agreeing to write a guide for Chapter 7, which was the longest chapter, I also came up with the book's name. We were kind of spitballing ideas like uh, Guide to Nowhere or like the Mother 3 Guide. A lot of guide-based names, really. Uh, then I used the classic tactic of looking around my immediate vicinity for ideas. I noticed my player's handbook for Dungeons and & Dragons and proposed Mother 3 Handbook. And so, an institution was born. Unfortunately, I wasn't actually able to finish writing for Chapter 7 due to a hurricane that swept through Louisiana and forced my family to evacuate. It took us a while to recover from that ordeal, and I... Don't remember how long it took for the internet to be restored, but suffice to say, I was away from the internet for a while. 
I also proposed the concept, as well as providing several initial sketches, for what became one of our first Chrono Trigger-inspired designs, which we called 2300. It was one of our more popular shirts early on. I also conceived of and ran our first Kickstarter, the RetroWare Kickstarter, as well as running the You Are Now Earthbound Kickstarter. Uh, compared to now, I had a more direct hand in almost everything we did early on. And th though I'm still involved with projects these days, my contributions are a lot less prominent as our projects become more collaborative. Right now, my most prominent project is probably this podcast. What are you working on right now? Podcasts and posters take up most of my time right now. There are other projects I like to start working on, but I'm not really willing to give up my existing projects, so I'm kind of content to stay in this holding pattern for now. What is your dream project? Oh, I have several dream projects. Open wide, Dream Eater. You're about to get your fill. Each of these projects are things that I daydream and work toward regularly. Like many of us, I do hope to make a video game someday. I've got the game design experience and technical abilities necessary to make one, but I don't really have the time right now. If Fangamer does start making games, it's going to require a concerted effort to find the time to do so, and will probably require someone spending time on such a project outside of office hours to create a proof of concept. That's what I expect anyway. While Fangamer certainly has all of the talent needed to make a video game, we're not as a company really set up to make one right now. We are a retailer, and while I think diversifying our portfolio and beyond retail would make us a stronger company, it's hard to break that focus. Scary, even. I'd also like to write a book someday. Uh, specifically, I want to write a book about the culture of my native people, the Ponishan. I want to go home and interview the elders to learn what life in the tribe used to be like, and to record as much of our culture and customs as I can before they're lost forever. It's, you know, it's only a matter of time before my tribe's ancestral lands are just no longer inhabitable. In the past 50 years, we've lost about 80% of our land to coastal erosion. And any time a new hurricane hits the Gulf Coast, the people of my tribe wonder if this will be the one that finally wipes our community out for good. Our neighboring tribe, the Isle de Jean Charles tribe, has lost about 98% of their land in that time, and actually received a $48 million grant from the federal government to resettle further inland, and it's only a matter of time before my tribe needs to resettle as well. But it's hard, since doing so will displace my people from their ancestral homes and way of life. So much of our identity is tied to that land, and without it, we simply wouldn't be the same people. So that's why I want to record what I can while I can. Who knows if the tribe will even survive the next couple of decades. My third goal is to successfully run for public office someday. I have tentatively run for office before, and I'm connected to the local political scene, and I think it's quite feasible for me to make a run for, like, the state legislature or something someday. I'd like to be able to go out and do some good for my adopted state, and then see where that experience takes me. Luckily, that's the sort of project that gets more feasible the older you get, so I guess I'm in no immediate hurry. I am not looking forward to fundraising, though. That is by far the worst part of politics. Finally, I have a dream project that might actually get off the ground before the year is out. We'll see. I'd like to make a D&D &D podcast. Regular listeners to the show should know by now that many of us here at Fangamer play Dungeons & Dragons together. I'd, I'd love to start sharing some of those adventures with you, our listeners. I'm not sure how many of our listeners are actually interested in listening to us play Dungeons & Dragons, but... I'm excited to find out. 
I've been kind of ready to start doing this for a while now, and in fact, the prospect of a D&D podcast is one of the reasons I started Your Friends at Fangamer in the first place. However, I was already running a homebrew campaign and a Curse of Strahd campaign when I started this podcast up, and I didn't want to add a third campaign to my already packed schedule. However, last week I finally finished off my long-running homebrew campaign, which had been going on for about six years, which means... I've now got a reasonably sized hole in my schedule, so I expect I'll start using that extra time to start planning this Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Final question. Are you playing any games right now? Yes! I mean, in addition to Stardew Valley on mobile, which I've updated you guys on regularly. Recently, I've been playing Hollow Knight. For the past few weeks, I've been steadily exploring Hollow Nest in my scarce free time, and I think I'm just about to the end. I've Explored almost the entire map, collected all of the big bosses I'm aware of, and fully upgraded my nail, all with almost no looking up guides and such. Though I will admit to looking up the Wanderer's Journal and Hollow Nest Seal to make sure they had no purpose other than selling them. And I also looked up one boss, though I forget which one, to see if there was like some secret to beating him that I was missing. The answer it turned out was that, no, there wasn't anything I was missing, I just needed to get good. So, I did. And, you know, since then, I haven't bothered to look up another boss strategy, because I assume it's just going to say the same thing. Once I'm done with Hollow Knight, I'm probably going to move on to either Dragon Quest Builders 2 or the new Fire Emblem. Or maybe the new Link's Awakening, since that's still my favorite Zelda game, and I, I think I would really like to go through that again. We'll see how I feel at the time. And that's it! That's the Charlie episode of Your Friends at Fangamer. Now I can go back to just being the regular old host, getting my friends to talk about themselves for your entertainment. We'll return next week with new guests, new Fangamer news, new Tucson news, and your audience participation. Which, by the way, a huge thanks to everyone who's sent in audience questions so far. It really means the world to me to know that you guys are listening and that you want to be a part of the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, thanks to the Super Soul Brothers for providing the music on this podcast. As, as one last random Charlie fact, the Super Soul Brothers actually played the music at my wedding reception, and it helped make that night truly unforgettable. Robbie made me go up and sing Paradise Lion, and, yeah, well, that was surreal. Thank you so much for listening, friends. I'm Charlie, one of your friends at Fangamer. Let's plan on hanging out again next weekend. Hey, try to make someone smile today.